Geeks. My name is Jake, and this episode is going to be a break from the NBA playoffs for a second. And we're going to talk about the Utah Jazz to start things off, because there's a lot going on with the Utah Jazz. And specifically, uh, what's going on with their team, because there's some, some potential big upcoming offseason news that could change the way this team is built and the situation of this team. So let's get started and let's go from there. So I want to take you back to the 2014-2016 season, which was the first season in a long line of seasons involving Quinn Schneider as the head coach. Quinn Schneider came to the team um, 2014 he was uh, their head coach. We saw him as an assistant for a year in Atlanta, an assistant in Moscow before that, an assistant in Los Angeles before that, assistant in Philadelphia before that. He was a head coach for three years in the G League with the Austin Toros. Um, and then before that, he was from 99 to 2006 with um, Missouri as a head coach. And he was an assistant uh, for four years with Duke, he actually played four years at Duke and, you know, went undrafted, didn't play in the NBA. Um, and he has been the Utah Jazz coach ever since. But we're going to start from his hiring. We have, um, th- uh, at this point, one year of Rudy Gobert. We have Gordon Hayward, a rookie, Joe Ingles. Um, and we have uh, Alec Burks, who's been in the league for three years by this point. They were a team that finished third in the NBA Northwest Division, and uh, it wasn't their best season. And they had a 38-44 and record. The next season, they were a little better, 40-42, and ninth in the Western Conference, Quinn Schneider. They're moving up a little bit. You had still Alec Burks, you had Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert, Gordon Hayward, Joe Ingles, Rodney Hood, um... And, uh, yeah, they had a rookie in Trey Lyles, um, 40 and 42, uh, still Quinn Schneider. Then we moved to the 2016-2017 season with uh, Alec Burks. We have Dante Exum, who's been in the league for one year and has flopped uh, even by this point. Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert, Gordon Hayward, George Hill. We have uh, Joe Ingles, um, and we have a 51 and 31 record. Very, very good. Western Conference. uh, Fifth in the NBA Western Conference. And won the Western Conference first round against the Clippers. And lost the Western Conference semifinals against Golden State. Obviously, Golden State's Golden State. So, there was no uh, issues there. And that's what was expected. Following season. 2017-2018 season. They were also five in the Western Conference with a 48-34 record. We have Alec Burks. We have... uh, Jay Crowder coming in. We have uh, Derek Favors, Dante Exum, Rudy Gobert. Um, We have a rookie in Donovan Mitchell, who was a very good draft choice. Ricky Rubio is in there. Uh, We have uh, a bunch of other role players. And, yeah, this season, one first round against OKC, lost to Houston in the uh, Western Conference semifinals. Then we go to 2018-2019, fifth in the Western Conference, Quinn Schneider. Again, we have... Rookie Grayson Allen, uh, Tony Bradley, Alec Burks, Jay Crowder, uh, Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, uh, Kyle Corver came in, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Royce O'Neal was in for one year, 
Ricky Rubio. Um, so uh, that's the Utah Jazz, 15 and 32 uh, record. Lost in the first round against Houston, uh, and that was that. Then we have 2019, 2020, 44 and 28 record, sixth in the Western Conference. Uh, this was uh, the first season of uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, Jordan Clarkson's there, and Mike Conley. I think this is Mike Conley's first season with the team. Um, there's also uh, still Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Royce O'Neal. And we have a loss in the first round to Denver um, in a 3-4 series. Then we got 2020-2021, same thing. Quinn Schneider, first in the NBA Western Conference, 52-20 and 20 record. We have uh, Bogdanovich, Clarkson, Mike Conley, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert, uh, Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal. So we have a win in the first round against Memphis and a loss to the Clippers in the second round. I think that might have actually been uh, last year. So uh, there's that. And then this year, back to fifth in the NBA Western Conference. And uh, they lost in the first round to the Dallas Mavericks with a roster. Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neal, Mike Conley, Bogdanovich, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Hassan Whiteside, Rudy Gay, um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker joined in at the deadline, Eric Pascal's there, uh, Daniel House Jr. And so this is, I guess, the team that we're kind of uh, looking at here. And, you know, this is the sort of picture of what Utah is. And when the season ended, what we ended up seeing was a lot of issues between Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, which uh, not so good um, because recently what came out was a, an article and some tweets and all sorts of stuff involving Rudy Gobert. Um, I guess according to Sean O'Connell, this is a tweet. I know I'm not usually Utah Jazz breaking news. But a source close to the situation has informed me that Rudy Gobert is at a him or me point with Donovan Mitchell and will demand that one of them be traded in the next few days. Doesn't feel like they can win a championship together. So I want to start by saying that Rudy Gobert has been there a lot longer than Donovan Mitchell. But Donovan Mitchell is uh, someone who has been, you know, with this team uh, at this point, four years in the league, um, and I mean, he's a great player uh, who's, you know, someone with a bright future in the NBA. Um, he averaged uh, 24 points and uh, five assists. Rudy Gobert, um, 15 points, 14 rebounds, uh, one assist. Um, and obviously, Rudy Gobert, three-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA, three-time Defensive Player of the Year. 2016-2017 block champion, five-time all-defense. So Rudy Gobert has the, the resume um, to prove that he is a great player. Donovan Mitchell is a three-time all-star in 2017-2018 all-rookie. I think he was also um, almost rookie of the year, but Ben Simmons somehow got that, which is mind-boggling to me because Tatum and Donovan Mitchell are better than Ben Simmons, and they didn't even get it that year. And Ben Simmons was only drafted the year before it, but didn't play, so... Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, uh, Donovan Mitchell didn't get that title. Um, but it seems like there is potentially a split coming up. Now, I will point out that Rudy Gobert, at the start of the pandemic, basically was just believing that there was no real pandemic and kind of was just doing whatever he wanted and really didn't care. And when the NBA shut down, Rudy Gobert 
uh, got COVID and spread it to Donovan Mitchell and I think to others um, and basically changed his tune. But that pissed off Donovan Mitchell and it pissed off a lot of people that he did that. Basically being like, yeah, it's not a big deal. It doesn't even like uh, cause problems and it's not a big uh, pandemic issue. And then he gets COVID and it changes the tune and everyone's upset about that. So at this point... Um, it sounds like it's getting, at least from Rudy Gobert's side of things, it's getting to that point where potentially there's going to be a split. And the Utah Jazz might have to choose between Donovan Mitchell and choose between Rudy Gobert. Now, for Rudy Gobert, unfortunately, um, I guess uh, if this is true, uh, he's probably going to be the one that gets traded. He did uh, put out a tweet after this one. Rudy Gobert put one out himself, which says, uh, every day has its own new rumor, which I think might be in reply to this sort of Sean O'Connell, me or him uh, situation. Um, and uh, whether that's just Rudy Gobert covering his tracks or what, I also think that, um, you know, he didn't say that this rumor is not true. So we don't know what the situation is with Rudy Gobert. But I do think that... Potentially, he could be on the move. And it could be him just wanting out. It could be him saying Donovan Mitchell or me, and they choose Donovan Mitchell. Team could already be just looking to get rid of him entirely because they feel like we got to make changes. Uh, let's see what we can do. And so while I think there's a small, very small chance Donovan Mitchell gets moved, there's a much bigger chance that if this is the case, it's going to be Gobert who gets moved because today's NBA seems like it's moving away from the traditionally big centers and unless you're like a top tier you know Joel Embiid Nikola Jokic um, center um, you're not as safe anymore and I think Rudy Gobert has been safe for a while but if you're making this decision where you don't want to be here anymore if Donovan Mitchell stays the team's going to probably say look Donovan Mitchell's younger he's got a brighter future he's not as old as you we're gonna take Donovan Mitchell you can get traded so if Rudy Gobert gets traded, then the Utah Jazz could move on from him and they could potentially um, start a new situation with um, with Rudy Gobert gone. So where would it make the most sense to trade Rudy Gobert? Where would Rudy Gobert make uh, a lot of teams happy? Um, and, you know, we're going to look at um, what could take place uh, now with uh, Rudy Gobert um, and uh, you know what would be the ideal destinations if he does uh, get traded uh, so the first one is and this is just my opinion it's Toronto and the reason behind Toronto is because they have basically a guy in Pascal Siakam who does not fit this team anymore and I say that because they don't have a true starting center. And Siakam plays power forward, and he's undersized for the center position, so he doesn't play it. Uh, but you have OG, who's 24. You have um, Scotty Barnes, who's the rookie. And then you have Siakam. So if Scotty Barnes wants to develop and flourish and become this big-time player... You're going to have to get rid of all the logjam, and you're going to probably have to get rid of Siakam. Now, Siakam can play the power forward. I think uh, if you look at the team here in Utah, they don't really have a true starting power forward, depending on 
I guess, where you put like Royce O'Neal or Bodanovich. These are definitely more small forwards, and the only real power forwards on that roster are Rudy Gay and Eric Pascal, who are bench pieces at best. So, bringing in Siakam, it's a pretty good situation for your team. You also have um, a $9 million Joe Ingles trade exception, which you can use to acquire a center um, if you want to, uh, to fill the need of that sort of center position. Or you could potentially... In this uh, Raptors trade, get someone like a Karen Birch to play center and trade for Siakam and Karen Birch for Rudy Gobert and somebody else to make the numbers match. So I think if you're looking for a straight swap, star power for star power, it's the perfect trade for both sides because now the Raptors get a starting center and they don't have to worry about you know Scotty Barnes dealing with Siakam because I don't think either of those guys are centers. Scotty Barnes is a small forward, power forward, and Siakam's a power forward. Uh, and could play small ball center, but he's he's not that type of a player, really. So to me, yeah, that's uh, a good trade. Now, most situations when you're trading away a star don't get you a star in return. The James Harden-Ben Simmons situation was different because both of these guys had their own issues. And James Harden didn't want to stay in Brooklyn and it was an easy swap in that regard. But when you're making a trade for a superstar like Rudy Gobert, it's going to be one of those things where 9 times out of 10, you're either going to get a bunch of draft picks and young players, or you're going to get a bunch of role players who help your team in draft picks or whatever. So if you're trading Rudy Gobert, there's a good chance you're going to get two great players. Uh, you're not going to get you know a star-for-star star trade, but two great players, a draft pick, um, maybe a young guy, uh, I don't know. But... Uh, this would be a good trade because you could do it with an all-star for all-star swap that would benefit both teams. And Utah this offseason could then take uh, what they have in terms of trade exceptions or other players and you know potentially add in somebody who is a center. Um, and you, know, you can trade some picks or some players to do so. They also have uh, Yudoka Azabuki, who was a rookie and uh, a first-round pick in his year, maybe. With um, with uh, Gobert gone, he gets more minutes as a potential center, and maybe he proves himself with more playing time. He's not the greatest player, but he also has Rudy Gobert as a starting center, so it's hard to, to get those uh, potential minutes. So, that's number one. Now, the next team on our list is Atlanta, and I think Atlanta would make a lot of sense because they could use a true number two on their team, and I think... Trey Young is great, but I don't think they're a team that has exactly what it takes right now to be like championship roster. So what we could see from the Hawks is a trade surrounded by Clint Capella, who plays center, and John Collins, who plays power forward, and then draft picks if needed to basically do a two-for-one swap here. Uh, John Collins makes about $23 million. Capella makes about $20 million, 19.7. So you could do a deal in which Rudy Gobert and maybe like a Juancho Hernan Gomez get traded to um, the Hawks, and then the Hawks trade away John Collins and Clint Capella. Now this move would basically give Jalen Johnson, who's a power forward, more minutes in the backup spot, and it would make DeAndre Hunter your starting power forward and give him more minutes as your clear-cut starter in this rotation. So your starting lineup would probably be uh, Trey Young, uh, Kevin Herter, 
uh, Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter, and then you would have Rudy Gobert in the mix. So that would be um, that would be their situation. They also have um, a 2023 first round pick from Charlotte, which uh, is going to convey. They also have a bunch of second round picks, extra second round picks, um, because OKC had a first round pick, which was I think top 15 protected. Or top 10 protected and it conveyed to OKC so it became two second round picks for the Hawks so they could trade away seconds as well but this is a good trade if they're looking to potentially move on from Gobert uh, as well and I just want to point out that I'm not going to show you guys any Donovan Mitchell trades because I don't think he's the one who's getting moved in this situation I think it's just going to be Rudy Gobert if somebody does get moved so next on the board is the Hornets and the Hornets have been looking for a starting center um, because what they have is Mason Plumley, who's a good backup, but that's about as good as he can be. And he starts a lot because that's what they need. They also have Kai Jones, who I think was a rookie this year. Uh, and uh, not really uh, the best player yet, but maybe with a bigger role it could change. Uh, they also have P.J. Washington, who's that power forward. And so potentially... Um, you know, the Hornets can get in on some sort of a trade, make something happen, and see what they do. So, ideally, if you're the Hornets, you would want to trade Gordon Hayward, but I don't think Utah wants him. So, you would probably more so be looking at a Terry Rozier-Kelly Oubre swap for Rudy Gobert. Maybe it's a Kelly Oubre-Terry Rozier and Mason Plumley swap for, like, uh, Royce O'Neal and Rudy Gobert, and you can throw in draft picks to, to make it work, which um, I don't know if uh, that'll happen, but it is uh, a possibility. Um, I think there's uh, a good chance that we see, um, you know, the Hornets get involved in a Rudy Gobert trade. Final team I want to look at in the Eastern Conference before I look at some Western Conference teams is the New York Knicks. Now, the New York Knicks have been looking for another star. They don't have any stars, but they've been looking for one. And New York has draft picks to use. Um, they also have uh, players available. They have a Dallas first-round pick this year, which is most likely going to convey to them. They got their own picks. They got a ton of second-round picks. They got young guys. Um, so you could make the case that Julius Randle could get traded and then you could also make the case that um, you know they do some sort of a trade involving maybe Emmanuel Quickly or Quentin Grimes or um, maybe Cam Reddish um, I do think uh, that there's ways to get a deal done here there's also Derrick Rose there's also uh, they could just sign and trade Mitchell Robinson I think you, uh, Utah would be interested in this even though you're not getting a, a star power back because Julius Randle averaged 20 points and almost 10 rebounds, which is very good. So I think there's a way for this deal to get done with draft picks and sort of Julius Randle as your centerpiece with maybe a sign-and-trade of Mitchell Robinson thrown in to make that work. Uh, so it's a possibility for sure. Uh, I don't know how it'll work, but I guess we can kind of wait and see. Then we have uh, Western Conference teams. So the first one is going to be the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think this deal would probably be Steven Adams, probably Dylan Brooks, and some draft picks to get this done. With the addition of uh, Desmond Bain and how great he's been, and the fact that the Grizzlies have a first-round pick from the Lakers, um, there's ways for the Grizzlies to fill any sort of 
shooting guard, small forward needs in the draft. So if the Utah Jazz are interested, you know, you have a bunch of draft picks that you can trade away to make this work. Uh, Utah pick uh, that um, is in the hands of Memphis this year. There's also their own pick, Memphis, and the Lakers pick, which I mentioned. So I think the Grizzlies, if they want to make something happen, could be a spot to make this uh, go and get done. Next is Golden State. Now, Golden State has been mentioned as a spot because whenever there's like a big-name player, they always throw Andrew Wiggins' name in the mix. He's an all-star, so don't just throw his name in the mix. He's a very good player. But the idea of doing an Andrew Wiggins-James Weissman draft picks trade, or even just Andrew Wiggins and James Weissman for Rudy Gobert, would be an ideal situation for Utah if they feel like James Weissman could be the next starting center of their team. And Andrew Wiggins is a small forward, so that fits... Uh, well, so if you have Donovan Mitchell with Mike Conley, with Andrew Wiggins, with Bogdanovich, with uh, James Weissman, then it is a situation where you could say, yeah, there's that possibility that this works. It could be a good trade. It could be something that happens where um, it makes uh, sense if Golden State's willing to uh, pony up, make this trade, and actually, you know, get something done. I could see it. I could. But would Utah want to make a trade with Golden State? Basically making them a better team? Probably not, but if the right offer comes up, the right offer comes up. Then we have the Dallas Mavericks, who just defeated Utah in the playoffs first round. And they have pieces that could potentially interest could interest the, the uh, Utah Jazz, one of those being Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, they also have Max Kelber, Reggie Bullock. Um, they do have Jalen Brunson, who could be a sign-and-trade option. Tim Hardaway Jr., but the biggest issue with a Dallas trade, in my opinion, is they don't have that one piece. Like, you, you know, if you look at Golden State, it's Andrew Wiggins. If you look at uh, New York, it's Julius Randle. If you look at Toronto, it's Pascal Siakam. You know, if you look at some of these locations, there's that one centerpiece of the deal going to Utah. There's no centerpiece deal maker in this uh, situation. I also think Dallas might not want to go for it because they tried the Porzingis aspect. That didn't work out. And so now they uh, might change their tune. Uh, I don't think that uh, trade is um, going to happen with Dallas, but they might get involved or at least try and see what happens. Then we have the Los Angeles Clippers, which this would be like a last-ditch effort. Do they have a lot of draft picks? No. They have to trade away their 2028 first-round pick because that's the closest one that they could trade away without um, causing issues with the stipend rule. So... They have a whole host of potential players that could fill a lot of needs. There's Marcus Morris, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, Ivan Zubac, and Reggie Jackson, who all make in the 7 to $16 million range. And between Norm Powell, Marcus Morris, and maybe Zubac, you could get a good deal done. And I think they don't have, like I said with Dallas, a star power, number one sort of building block type player or star type player in this deal like I mentioned before with like a Julius Randle or a Siakam or whatnot I think they got a bunch of good role players and if that's sort of what Utah wants they could go for it but I just don't know if that's exactly what they're gonna look for so I think that deal probably won't happen because I don't think they have exactly what you're looking for in this and then we have the New Orleans Pelicans who are the surprise of the uh surprise of the season they made the playoffs but lost in the first round so this deal would have to most likely center around Jonas Valanciunas, who is a 
very good starting center. A bunch of young players and draft picks because if you look at where the Pelicans are, they got picks from a bunch of different teams. Uh, they got a pick from the Lakers in the future, Milwaukee picks in the future. Uh, so there's ways to make this happen. Um, I think this one would have to be more of a three-team deal because I think Valanciunas is great, but I do feel like they'd have to add more from some other team. And I don't know where that some other team comes from, but this would have to be more of a three-team deal because Pelicans have some stuff, but not enough to do it on their own, in my opinion. And then the final team that could potentially have interest was a seller at the deadline, the Portland Trailblazers. So Portland is a team that could get the ball rolling with the amount of draft picks they have, and they got Josh Hart. They got uh, maybe a sign-and-trade of Anthony Simmons. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think this is an interesting case. And I think like the New Orleans Pelicans, this is a team that would have to make a trade involving three teams for Rudy Gobert. And you'd have to get rid of Josh Hart, probably, and, uh, you know, Eric Bledsoe and some of these other players and draft picks to get somebody else in there in terms of... Um, you know, a third team giving assets to Utah. Uh, the thing that the Trailblazers have going for them is they have free agents and they got money. So they could, in theory, uh, open up just plain roster space, take on Rudy Gobert and his $38 million without having to give back any contracts if they wanted to, which they'd obviously bring, or they'd obviously give back something. But there is ways to make a deal work where Utah, in theory, could get a $38 million trade exception, or they could just get like a $20 million trade exception and take back an $18 million worth of contracts. So I think, you know, Rudy Gobert could get moved. Uh, and like I said, I didn't want to look at Donovan Mitchell trades because they're not going to get rid of Donovan Mitchell. They're going get to rid of, get rid of Rudy Gobert. And that's just my own opinion because Donovan Mitchell has everything you're looking for. Gobert is a big man who might be a little overpaid. Now, looking at um, Quinn Schneider. Quinn Schneider is somebody who, uh, you know, uh, could be, um, you know, a guy who gets uh, let go. Um, and he could be somebody who gets uh, a new job somewhere else. And so potentially, Quinn Schneider could get uh, let go. And we could see, um, you know... A lot of candidates uh, fill his need. Uh, he could actually uh, go to another team like the Lakers. Um, there is a chance that uh, he gets fired and there were rumors that maybe Quinn Schneider could be the guy they go for. So if you're Utah, you could in theory think about doing some sort of a trade, which it's happened before. Doc Rivers got traded to the Clippers for a first round pick. You could trade Quinn Schneider to the Lakers for maybe not a first round pick but two second round picks and the Lakers could in theory get their new head coach and I think the fact of the matter is Quinn Schneider was an assistant coach in Los Angeles during the 2011-2012 season so he is someone who could potentially get um, someone he could get uh, you know a new job and move on and so there is a potential opening in Utah for a head coach so let's look at some of the potential candidates. So the first candidate is Doc Rivers. And I say this because maybe Philadelphia, if they don't make it in the next round, 
could move on from Doc Rivers seeing as maybe he's not the best head coach for them and they need someone who's a little bit better. If he gets let go, potentially we could see him take over in Utah. Next is his assistant coach, Sam Cassell. Now, Sam Cassell was a name that was thrown out for a lot of potential head coaching jobs last year. His name will be thrown out again. So at the end of the day, if they get rid of Doc Rivers, my guess is Sam Cassell is going to be the 76ers' new head coach. But if Doc Rivers is still there, then maybe Sam Cassell gets this job as a potential uh, opening spot. Then another name on the list is Mike D'Antoni, who was... Uh, head coach in um, was a head coach in Houston for a while and with the Knicks and I don't like this I don't like D'Antoni as a head coach he doesn't seem like you know one of those guys that fits he hasn't had a great track record as a head coach so I don't really see him as a uh, as a head coach at all so I don't really think um, he's gonna get this job then we have two assistant coaches Kenny Atkinson who was a head coach in Brooklyn and Mike Brown who was LeBron James head coach in uh, he was in uh, Cleveland uh, these are both guys who could be options with head coaching experience previously as an option for Utah if they decide to uh, you know make that um, that switch um, also I'd like to point out that they could go after Mark Jackson who was a head coach and is now a uh, announcer um, if he wants to give, if he wants to get uh, out of the booth and become a head coach again, he's an option. Also, David Fisdale, who was the New York Knicks head coach for a while, and he was a head coach in Memphis, he is an option. Also, free agent head coach Terry Stotts and Steve Clifford. Uh, Terry Stotts was with Portland for a long time. Clifford was with Orlando. Those are two options as as well. Um, if they're looking at uh, potential head coaching options going forward. Um, also on the list, I'm going to throw this out there, Darvin Ham, who is an assistant coach in Milwaukee. Uh, the Lakers have asked for the ability to interview him as potential head coach. Uh, he did play in the league uh, with the uh, Detroit Pistons. Um, so he is another option on sort of the short list potentially uh, if we're looking for uh, options. So don't be surprised if... Uh, if he is an option, uh, and uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But if this team doesn't seem like it's working out the greatest um, with Quinn Schneider as a head coach, then maybe it's time to move on and look for another option. Because sometimes the head coach is the problem. Not always, uh, but if the team's not working out and you say, okay, well, we don't want to get rid of Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell let's get rid of our head coach. Sometimes you're wrong, and sometimes the head coach is not the problem, but if it is, then we'll see what they do. But there's changes coming in Utah, and they're coming pretty quickly, and you got to, you know, watch to see what happens.